0: Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We are going to
1: overtime!
0: Welcome into Sabres Live Overtime. Marty, what do you got for us this week?
1: Uh, You know what, Duffer? I wish you would have been my agent or family advisor (laughs) when I was playing. I think that I'd still be playing right now at 45 years old. So maybe... That's where we should have been. Not working together like this. You should have been my agent.
0: Yet people say I'm so mean to you. You really want this guy representing you?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think you're a master negotiator. You know the game. You would have put me (laughs) up on like uh, the best place possible. Yes, I want you as my agent starting now.
0: Well, when you're serious about the game, Bet on Buffalo at the only sportsbooks in western New York. Seneca Resorts and Casinos betting counters are open daily. Self-service betting kiosks available 24-7 at all three locations, whether you visit Seneca, Niagara, Allegheny, or Buffalo Creek. The sports lounge features the latest lines and multiple screens, so you never miss a play. The sportsbook, Seneca Resorts and Casinos, where the love of the game meets the thrill of the win. The Sabres have uh, another client of Bartlett Hockey on their roster now after the trade deadline brings Jordan Greenway in. And Brian Bartlett is a big part of that. And Brian, it's great to have you on Sabres Live Overtime. We're going to talk about a lot of things in your line of work and how agents and and players navigate today's hockey world. But a first thought on Jordan Greenway, who you've known for, for quite some time.
2: Yeah, I think the first thought is Buffalo is lucky to have him uh, as a team, as a community, um, as a locker room. He's a great person, great hockey player, real unique kind of skill set and personality. So um, I think you guys are lucky to have him. I think the fans are going to love him and he's going to be a big part of of the community there going forward.
1: How did it all come down? And I know like trades happen, GM stock and whatnot, but. With agents, it's a weird spot because sometimes you try facilitating things, you have to handle your client, you have to talk to other GMs. What was the talk leading up to the deadline with Jordan and your involvement in trying to make him feel comfortable with uh, with what happened?
2: Right. In a salary cap world, it's even even more interesting because sometimes you can see these things coming, Right you know that a team's going to have to do something. They're going to have to move some money out one way or the other. And uh, the Wild were a team that, with a couple of the buyouts that they had to do, you knew that there was going to be a cap crunch coming next year. And Jordan was a guy who I think is fairly compensated, but, but he's not free, right? So you're looking at it, where are they going to be able to fit everything in? And I think Jordan was was one of those guys, and, uh, and Billy Guerin there, um, is is easy to deal with from our standpoint that he's honest and upfront what we're doing. So we knew at some point this was going to be a possibility. I thought probably it'd be more likely in the summer, just in that I think Jordan also helps the Minnesota Wild when he's on that roster. Um, but obviously they found something that worked for them. So it's going, it's managing expectations for the player more than anything, because it's, it's difficult when you're going through and you're thinking every night you might be held out of the lineup or you think that this might be the last game with your friends, right? You're going, so it, it's difficult while still trying to to perform at a high level still trying to help your team make the playoffs when not knowing how long it's going to last so that's a lot of it is managing expectations managing kind of how to get through the day-to-day and still be a professional on it and, and jordan did a great job and um you know I, I think we were still surprised by it um that the sabers were able to pull it off and, and get him in and it's an interesting one of two teams that are both competing for playoff spots making what ended up being a hockey trade right it's not a rental it's not anything it's it's the sabers that have acquired draft picks for this reason to go out and then help the club immediately. And uh, and that's, what's exciting about it. It's not going to a bottom dwelling team. It's not just getting sold off for cap reasons. It's going to a team where the expectation in that room is to make the playoffs this year and and make a run. And that's great.
0: Does your relationship with Jordan go back to his time at Shattuck?
2: Yeah, at Shattuck. So he's, uh, he's from the North country uh, up from Canton. So we kind of had heard about this mythical creature he was six (laughs) foot three when he was 13 or whatever too. so we heard about this guy jordan greenway and his story is actually amazing so he uh the way he tells it is he applied to shattuck totally on his own didn't even tell his mom about it he just went decided he needed to play a higher level of hockey sent in the application got accepted and then went to his mom and said hey i'd like to go out to minnesota oh okay which is wild for a 13 or 14 year old um in the end so we had heard had some mutual friends um there and then, when he had, went out to Shattuck, went on his own. It was kind of the same thing. Hey, you're there in a, a more intense environment. It might be helpful to have somebody who just kind of walked this walk before, been on this path before, just to have a a, refer- a reference, somebody to bounce things off of. And, and so we got to know him when he was first up at Shattuck, and uh, it's been a wild ride ever since. He's, uh, we probably talked to him between my brother Scotty, and my father Steve. You know, we probably talked to Jordan almost every day, six times a week, probably, uh, just talking about <laughs> stuff, talking about whatever. Um, which is, which is great. It's one of the real special relationships for us.
1: So you talk about obviously 13 and 14 years old and having to make that type of commitment for the agents in today's world of quick pace and a lot of agents and scouting at a young age. What's the ideal age for you guys to make contact? Like with Jordan, it was around that time, but now in 2023, Are you guys scouting in the Peewees and the Bantam? Is minor midget the starting point? Where is it at?
2: There probably are some agents that do and probably are a lot that are there. We haven't gone that way. We feel like each family and each kid is going to have a different time, right? So for him, it was a guy with not a great hockey background who'd moved out to Minnesota on his own there's a lot of things that were coming at him, right? A lot of questions, a lot of people that were grabbing him after the locker room. So he had a real need for something, and I think that's how we see it. And some people, it's when they're 16, 17. For some people that you know, their father's in the game and they know what they're doing, and they always wanted to go to this one college or always do. They're going OHL. They might not need it till their NHL draft year when start getting out of their out of their depth, right? That the dad or the mom doesn't want to start dealing with the NHL GMs calling them. Right, So it's, it's a different different age, different time for everybody. We've really resisted it because I think there's a real risk that if you get too young, then you start getting ahead of yourself. And the kid, no matter how grounded you are as a 13, 14-year-old, as soon as you start thinking you have an agent, you think you're pretty cool. And then if you take your foot <laughs> off the gas, just 5, 10% in your training and your skating or whatever, then, then other people are going to catch you anyway. So we're hyper-conscious of that. Um, and more of our guys come kind of later in the cycle. Um, and sometimes now with how young agents are talking to a lot of times it's a second agent, right? They go through and say, I get promised all these things, got sold this whole bill of goods. Now I see what the light really is.
0: Alex Tuck though, is one of your uh, clients as yep. well. And, uh, you know, if you, if you go to BartlettHockey.com and and you see testimonials and things like that, Alex has clearly got a special relationship with you guys as well. Um, that and Tuck and Greenway obviously have you know uh, now a history together. Did how did how did they first meet? And was it through you? Was it you know through the program? How how did they first get connected?
2: Yeah, I mean U, USA Hockey has has a pretty tight fraternity of guys that have gone through it at the high levels there for them. So there's been some connections there. But we also run a development camp in the summer for our agency where we bring in guys when we start working with them. And the whole idea of that is to have them get exposed to guys that are one or two steps ahead of them. So mm-hmm. um, even this year, like Thomas Vanek came out and helped run a session on that. So when his son Blake was there, so it's Blake who's starting to break into his high school career, then he can go see what Greenway is doing now. And he can see what um, Matt Boldy or whoever those guys have just a couple steps ahead of them can see. And so those guys, yeah, were together. Um, I think actually the first camp we did was on RIT's campus. So those guys might've met there for the first time and then um have been able to lean on each other as they've gone through there's a little bit of a bu bc sort of thing there but alex's brother luke who's a montreal pick goes to bu jordan's a bu alum so as we all know this hockey world uh is crazy small and the interactions and crossovers is uh is numerous
1: is there like um somebody in the group that stood out to you in their leadership ways because i remember so when I played, my agent did the same thing. And I remember Felix Podvin being the guy, like Marty Brodeur was there. There's a ton of goalies, but Felix Podvin was the guy. He came in with his 77 or 76 Corvette, like he looked all shiny. And I thought, I can't talk to this guy. I'm I'm 17 years old in juniors, but he was the nicest of person. I was playing billiards in a team with Felix Podvin. I'm like, this is awesome. And he really stood out to me. Who's one of the guy when you guys do these these uh, you know Bartlett hockey camp that has stood out as one that really takes a leadership role?
2: Yeah, I don't know if you did your research before this, but but it's Greener actually. Like he's the one. Oh, okay. that he, yeah, like he's come in. He'll go. He had one. He was hurt, and he just came for the whole camp, the whole year. He was there. We went to a baseball game. He went to the baseball game the whole time. Stayed till the ninth inning. Went out to dinner with the guys after. So he's been. He's been that guy. I just loves it. He's going to be in the rink all the time, anyway. So he's come. We did in Minnesota one time. We did in Rochester. He's been to all of them. Comes back. Um, his brother JD, who's in the Bruins organization, um, also comes. Who's that same guy that he's yeah sitting in the locker room. Like sometimes we have a room for pros and room for the young guys. Jordan's one who drops his bag in the young guy room um, in that same way, which I think you know will be a huge resource in in the locker room there for the Savers as well. He, he makes connections.
1: I got lucky. That was a lucky shot. I yeah, did my research really, on that one.
2: So. Either a well, yeah, well-researched, <laughs> brilliantly <a> lucked <laughs> question. <laughs> uh,
0: when it comes to um, the evolution of well, social media is is a huge part of this, obviously, but it ties in with personal branding. Um, how do you fulfill that role as an agent, as a, a friend, as someone who you know? tries to help players on and off the ice here?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And it, that's accelerated too, in the same way that the agency and hockey development part is because now with the NCAA, you can do these name image likeness deals. And that can even start before you get to NCAA. So before it was the OHL guys and major junior guys, but but there wasn't really a huge market for it. But now you have a college and NCAA football player. They might be making $2 million in NIL deals. You got a hockey <laughs> player on the same campus saying, why why are you getting a car and i'm not so the schools are conscious of that and that's trickling down into major junior too so this whole thing is getting accelerated but you know i I think the one piece that we're always conscious of and and try to focus on is that is the the personal brand that not everybody is the same right that you need to be true to who you are what you enjoy what your real kind of central tenants are because it doesn't make sense for a guy who doesn't golf to be doing a a tailor-made or a waggle golf endorsement doesn't make any sense. Guy can't golf, right? Or fishing or whatever it is. So that's really what we go back to. And those are the best brand partnerships as well, or the guys in what you believe in, what you like. It's a little bit tougher when you're 16, 17 years old. It's a it's a more narrow thing, like we're gonna be doing hockey sticks and we're gonna be doing you need to do fishing and golf or you know, whatever. But as the guys grow up and get older, um, as they get families, there's different interests and in, in different kind of things that go in. and we really try to magnify those things that, that would be their natural personality their natural draws anyway
1: so I see your dad Steve a lot in youth like he ranks around western New York Rochester obviously that's where he's based out of here at Key Bank Center after games down you know he's waiting on players and clients and whatnot uh, he seems to me like he's the voice of reason right he's been around a long time and always has a good um word of encouragement or good something to say. Anyway, my conversations with him have always been fantastic. So um is he just that? And do you guys still and like connect him with the young guys because it's changed so much over the years. Has he been able to adapt when they talk about social media and all of that stuff as well?
2: Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, and he's uh, he's the best. We're lucky to have grown up with him, first and foremost, as a father, but also as a mentor and leader of our agency. It's been great, and that, that always has been his strength, is to be able to kind of get to the heart of what people are worried about, try to find solutions, try to add encouragement when you need it, or a little kick in the butt when you don't. But it's always kind of on that softer touch side that I think you – seen and let's try to work through this together and find a solution that works for everybody and that's in negotiations that's in interactions with the clients all that um and yes steve is still intimately involved with all our guys we wouldn't have it any other way like his experience is invaluable he's been through and seen every single thing that you can so um even if he didn't want to we make sure that he's in touch with our youngest guys all the way through so they can really see what that is. And it's the humility in, in those things that, that he's been able to maintain that we want to pass down even to our, you know, first year clients and in that. And is he running our social media accounts? No, he is not. Uh, <laughs> but, but he, uh, he does have a Twitter account to follow the same thing. Like all these trades are all broken on Twitter now. Right. So he could be pretending to watch anything. Like they're all on Twitter first. So he's got the, uh, the secret burner account to, to follow you guys and get the insider scoops and uh and, and all that stuff too we're not having uh he's not doing our story so that's for sure
0: do you think uh hockey players are a little more reluctant to put themselves out there and build a personal brand through social media compared to other athletes in other big sports
2: yeah i think there's no doubt on that and uh you know we have a lot is of it changing that- Slight, slightly, but you know, you think even those guys now that are putting themselves out there. If you go look at the comment sections and stuff, there's still a lot of kind of pushback on that and the mm-hmm. the team first mentality and the culture in the locker room. Because the hard part is it's going to be the young guys that drive that, right? But a young guy that's in the locker room is still the young guy in the locker room that's going to go. So I think it's going to take a little bit longer. You need to have these guys now that are the the 19, 20 year old guys when they get to be the veterans they understand that they were kind of trying it and they were stifled either rightly wrongly or or might just been totally perception maybe they just felt like they didn't want to do it in the first kind of ones when they're there and they're on the flip side of it and they're saying okay like i wish we could have done that because i don't think the guys that are you know 35 36 37 in the room now no matter how good leaders are like they didn't grow up in that where that's kind of what they're trying to do so i still think that we're probably you know eight ten years away from that really being accepted as the norm um but i, I think there's <clears> some.
1: <throat> Up to it. Do you have to reel really it back in a little bit with some of the younger kids and saying "Look, uh, you know, you still have NHL teams and scouts that are going to look at your social media." And, you know, if you're with your buddies on a Saturday night and you're having a fun time and you're filming and everything, it may not be perceived as a positive like do you have to guide the young people's uh people in in that right way.
2: Yeah, that's that's a big piece of, of what we do of making sure that, hey it, it might be you might think that it's a snapchat that disappears but these things have a way of living on forever and if the team is going to think about investing millions of dollars in you they're going to look back as far and as deep as they can to find some of these things so it's it's two things it's one what's posted and what's on social media but even a step back from that what are you doing what situations are you in if there's something that you don't want on the internet or you think is going to hurt you down the line in your career in the internet maybe you shouldn't be in that spot anyway right because even if you don't have a phone the person next you might right so it's it's like one back what's what's your public kind of facing perception of it but also why are you in a situation that you wouldn't want to be in public anyway right it's like you don't say anything that you wouldn't say right to your grandma same same sort of thing right um and again kids are gonna be kids and kids are gonna go out there and do different things um but i also think teams understand that right like if you're a 21 year old junior in college and you got pictures at a bar two months after the season's done that's fine because that's exactly what the the NHL scouts and yeah. teams are doing it too right like, we're like, like okay yeah we've seen you at the pub too so like it's, yeah. it's that but it's what's appropriate what kind of fits in with what you're trying to do um but yeah that's uh, another layer of, of of what we have to do now is, is monitoring everybody's accounts we're following everybody that we're working with um you know hopefully so we can catch things and then have a gentle conversation about hey let's think about why this went up and and, and how we could do better
0: Brian, the, the one thing that, that you know and, and you, the the way you spoke about your dad earlier and his involvement in this and his ongoing involvement in this, like there's so many people, we're, we're the lucky ones here, right? Like we are working in the game of hockey. It has been our life and we are so blessed to have this opportunity. And there's always obviously so many young people that are asking, how do I get into sports? And you know, what should I do? I always try to tell people to like, look at the number of different jobs that could exist in the sports world. And I think a lot of people would be fascinated to know your story, but the life of an agent, how young people should pursue it, you know, and and, and what it has to offer the yeah. the good and the bad, if, if, if there is such a thing.
2: Yeah, there's there's plenty of both, plenty of good and, and plenty of bad. And, um, you know, we get the same questions from from people that are coming up, coming through school of, hey, kind of what's agent life like? Is somebody something you want to get in? And it's, uh, yeah, it, it's a great job because we're helping players reach their goals and reach their dreams, which is the ultimate piece of it. But there, there's a lot to it, right? Because not everybody gets there's a lot of hiccups along the way. And, you know, it's, for the agent side of it, it's, it's a 24-7, 365 job. Like, no question about it. We got guys that are playing in Europe that, you know, my first call or text in the morning is usually around 6 a.m., eastern and we're going all the way through to late games till you know midnight 1 a.m on these days so it, it's it's a lot there but again you're exactly right we're lucky to be working with hockey players watching hockey games i wouldn't change a single thing about it um you know but a lot of it too is it's hard to break into right so being an established nhl agent being same for you guys right being broadcasters are on a highly watched tv show like those aren't really entry-level jobs, right? So you got to try to find some other way to get your foot in. And so much of our job is the relationship you have, the connections you have, and knowing the players. So that's the pieces. So my dad's been doing it almost 40 years. Um, I'm coming into my 18th season um, as a full-time agent. My brother, Scott, who is a huge part of our agency, um, has played at the highest level. Um, of any of us too, You say, think he's almost 12, 13 years in and, and it takes a long time to build those relationships and get to know the players and get to know all that. So I think that's a piece of all of us. You got to be in the rinks. You got to be talking to people and sometimes there are unexpected twists on it um, that can come, but it's, uh, it's a great job if you can crack in.
1: Is is sports management a, a good uh, like course to follow through with college or is there other things that you feel is a a tool that you, maybe you didn't know you needed, but it's important to know if you want to start in that, that role of sports agent or in, in any type of uh, team role you probably need to have that you didn't think you you needed.
2: Yeah, I think my, my view on that is like, like, so it's in any sports sort of thing, right? Like I'm negotiating contracts and I'm doing endorsements and tax and all the things. There's also somebody on the other side of all that things, right? There's somebody at the equipment company or somebody at the corporation that's doing this exact same job as me, right? And we're still talking sports. So I think it's that. It's finding what you're good at, what your skill set might be, and then trying to get really excellent at that. And then the sports are kind of the pinnacle of that, right? So you go, you could be the best, whatever it is, if you're the best at Making it, we talk about Instagram, right? If you're the best graphic designer and you want to go make these great Instagram stories, like you might not start working for the Sabres in that. Maybe you have to start working. Like when I started doing this, my first client that my dad let me do was John Grant Jr., who's a lacrosse player. He's oh, like play the rock. One year, of my right?
0: absolute favorites.
2: He's unbelievable. <laughs> great person, still in touch with him now. One of the greatest lacrosse players of all time. Those guys were making, I don't know, like SPHL money. They're making $300 a week, right? Wasn't making any money. So it's going, it's like, hey, here's a way to learn how to negotiate a contract here's a way to do we did a full equipment deal with adidas for him head to toe negotiating so that's licensing that's contract endorsements so i didn't start doing i was there in the room when we did vanix offer sheet thing but i I wasn't running lead on that right my first year so it's goes you start (laughs) with something build up so it's the same thing if you're doing graphic design you do something really well and then you can try to kind of parallel jump into it um but there's so many skills that are involved in kind of the thing because we're doing you know pure hockey development of watching and video going through that stuff with guys. How can you improve your game? It's psychologist stuff of how can we keep kind of the mental side of it going? Um, and then the real nuts and bolts of the contracts, endorsements, taxes, all those things. So, um, again, our story is a little bit hard to replicate just because Scotty and I grew up with my dad, and that was every table conversation we'd be sitting there trying to eat dinner, and he's on the phone with Glenn Say. They're talking about Doug weights uh, whatever, something. So, we're just by us, <laughs> it was just like sucking this in, <laughs> when we're six talking about. Something. Bonus picture, like my poor mom sitting there, like, can we just have a normal Thanksgiving for once, please? And now, <laughs> can we just sit like, like, yeah, relax. Mom. Now, my poor wife, Scotty's poor wife, is like the same thing. We're like trying to get together for Christmas, and we're like jumping around because it's a European signing deadline. Like, can we, can we just have some turkey here, guys? Like, what do we do? <laughs> so, we least I got a smaller wives. And my mom now have a support group at least, so they can text each other like these freaking idiots, get them
0: all. <laughs> boat, <so>. that's amazing <laughs> well for those that don't know kale mccarr is a client so what was that experience like watching him i mean last year was just yeah it's almost beyond words he was that good and they were that good and they won the whole thing what was that like
2: yeah i think we're in the same boat as as everyone else You're just in awe, awe of him as a player the things he could do <clears> the, <throat> the way that he can jump off the, the screen and and Make people on much less the edge of their seat, the edge of their couch. You throw on the popcorn around. He's a special player. And um, Ian Rust, too, he's also a really special person. Um, He's amazingly humble, a guy who kind of stuck to a path, believes in what he wants to do, believes in his own kind of day to day improvement, growth mentality. Um, So it's not a surprise that he's gotten to where he's been, um, but it is sure fun to watch.
1: I have a question, and it comes back to like the young players and parents. And I had a parent one time come to me um, in the offices next door at the uh, Academy of Hockey, and he said, "Hey, I just signed an agent. I had to pay seventy five hundred up front, and this guy is gonna call, you know, college coaches and junior coaches." And and I, we were all looking at each other like, "You did what? Like you had to pay seventy five hundred dollars? Like your kid is sixteen and?" But there's a lot of that happening around. Like, what would you say to the parents that their kids are pretty good and they don't know if they should have representation, family advisors and all of that, and those people that hang around and and ask for money and things of that sort?
2: Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because there are a lot of predatory people out there, right? Because to play AAA hockey, people are playing a lot of money anyway, right? And the the upside, or at least the perceived upside of of having it go is – if you get a college scholarship, that's fifty grand a year. They're a big nugget at the end of that too. So I totally understand the the kind of the feeling of parents like, hey, we're, we're kind of out here. You're in the rink, hearing that other guys have agents, hearing the guy that got drafted had an agent, and making that connection. He got drafted because he had an agent. Um I think it's a little disconnect in that. I think the good players will be seen. I think the good players will get to where they're going to go. I think there's a lot of value for advisors and agents, but it's more in the being a resource to answering questions to being able to kind of guide along paths, and less the promotion thing. If your kid's not good enough to play division three hockey, the best agent in the world, it could be whatever me I think I'm the best but whoever. Pat on whoever you want, right? Like if the kid's not a D3 player, he's not going D3. Or if he's not a Division one player, he's not going Division one, right? So that's a lot of it is, is going and thinking that you're going to level up by having somebody advocating for you. And more valuable for that would be have a coach that has your back. Yeah. Have a skill guy who knows what you can do and can really say, hey, you know, I know what we've seen here, but he's been really kind of locked into a third-line role. I think as he goes through junior, he'll be able to watch and, and play a little bit more. So I would just say look at that really closely if they're asking for money to make sure that it's not just a money grab that you feel like you're going to get out of it. And everybody's different, right? There's some people that have a lot of money and $7,500 isn't that much. And that's okay. That's worth it. It's good. Some people want to do that much just to tell their friends that they have an agent and that's fine you can afford it but if that's going to materially change your life i'm not sure you're going to get i would not think of it as an investment i would think of it as a um you know something that you're trying to to do and and ask around like the good news now is there's so many people like you marty like you know especially in buffalo um ellis and even kevin and all these guys that that were there and were around and their kids are now in the system i've never found a former players former college coach any of those guys that are afraid to answer questions that are afraid Mm -hmm. to give their opinion on things so that's what i would advise people ask people that you know that you trust of saying what do you think of this and it might be they might say yeah that sounds great like i think that's you're at a place where what you really need is to try to start getting some north american league tryouts that's the next thing and that might be worth a little bit of money for you or this is a reputable one or saying hey no you know i think we can do this for you here so it's just asking before you jump into that and and making sure you know what you're going to get
0: Brian, you've been super generous with your time today. Uh, we like to do one word sometimes, so uh, we'll end it with this. One word on Jordan Greenway. One word for Alex Tuck.
2: Oh, Big for Jordan. It um, is not. I mean, he's 6'6", six, six, so there's that. But I, I think it's the personality, the aura around him um, and, and kind of his generosity and spirit are are all big so that's big rig is his name uh but you could get rid of the rig and and do big um big personality whatever it is so um and tucky i think it's uh i don't know showtime maybe like he's he's relished (laughs) this opportunity to come and be a leader and and try to put a team on his back and he's uh i don't know he's drinking milk uh directly into the bone here right now trying to get this uh thing healed up so he's ready to get back out there for uh for some show to try to make a playoff push
0: absolutely great stuff thank you so much for the time we look forward to seeing you again at a, at a rink soon
2: sounds good thanks for
0: having me guys well marty the one thing the sabers have acquired in clients of bartlett hockey are players with term you know greenway's still got time left on his deal talks on a very team-friendly deal based on the incredible performance we've seen from him. What is it like, the art of negotiation, working with your agent and uh, and getting those deals in place? And, oh, by the way, amazing insight from Brian today.
1: Hey, yeah, amazing insight from Brian. That was great to have him on. Uh, love when his dad Steve is at the games. I get to talk to him. But I'll tell you this, Duffer, I was one of those players that was like, call me when the deal is done because I was part of one negotiating meeting. And I remember I did Chili's out in Niagara Falls Boulevard with my agent and Darcy Regeer. And Darcy's writing on napkins. And I'm like, give me the napkins. And I'm writing numbers. And my agent's like, stop, you're not the agent. I was a terrible negotiator. And uh, that's why I actually love the arbitration part of it because everybody did the work and I just sat and watched. But me as a negotiator, no. So." After a while, I was like, "Just call me when the deal is done," and uh, we worked it out that way.
0: We asked Brian for one word on a couple of his clients. Uh, I yeah. think you've kind of, I think you've kind of explained it, but could you summarize in one word, Steve Bartlett?
1: Uh, I would say uh, knowledgeable. Like, there's so much knowledge um, that comes oozing out of him. I remember going to a USA Hockey camp where he talked to all the kids about, hey, you may make this regional camp. You may make the national camp or the state camp. You may not. And he pointed out to Ryan Callahan at the time, who didn't make the regional or the state camp, but still was a captain in the NHL. So there's a lot of knowledge with Steve Bartlett. And obviously, his two sons are following in his footstep, which is great.
0: Yeah, perfect word to describe. And they've never been afraid or unwilling to share. And that's that's the beauty of that. They, the, the, the trickle down. Uh, just their willingness to help has been amazing. Marty, thank yeah. you. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to the Bartlett hockey group. And we'll see you soon on Sabres live overtime.